There's just right. so many intelligent, smart people in the industry and mm. so willing to share their information. It's really why I think bowling is such a unique industry. It's we're just we're not in competition with each other. We right. want to help each other succeed. And so sharing ideas is something that other industries just don't have. Yeah, because for the most part, most centers are self-sustaining. They got enough customers close by, so you're not directly competing. So it is, I don't think this podcast would exist if it weren't for that fact that they're so open and willing to share with others. Just whatever worked for me, hopefully this helps you. It's amazing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love watching your podcast. You've got some really fascinating people on there with great mm -hmm. perspectives of the industry. Yeah, we've been lucky to connect with some greats some people with tons of experience and there's some really knowledgeable people out there. Absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your center. I guess you've had some, was it an addition that you did? You got your, your deck, your deck competition. You have some outdoor seating. So thank you so much for coming on today, Tanya. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I know we've moved around once or twice, but I've been looking forward to it the whole time. So for anyone who has not had the pleasure of meeting you, tell us who you are quickly and about yourself and your center. Oh boy. My name is Tanya Zwicker. I own Silver Creek Lanes in Silverton, Oregon. I'm also the executive director for OSBPA, so Oregon State Bowling Proprietors Association, and I enjoy what I do. So from what we talked about before, you didn't have a conventional way or it sounded like not non-conventional way into bowling. Tell me, tell us a little bit about that story. A non-conventional way to bowling? Help right. Me. In, into the industry. Oh, so you, okay. had a career, you had a whole career before this, correct? I did. I did. Right. I was in the dental field for 16 years right. at office management. And there came a day where my husband needed to change occupations. We had a carpet and furniture cleaning business. He was fourth generation since 19, uh, 1909, 1911. Wow. Long time ago. Came a day we needed to make some new choices. And I gave him a blank sheet of paper and said, if you could do anything you wanted, regardless of money or, ed or education, what would you want to do? What would make mm -hmm. you happy? And he came back with, I liked a bowl. And so <laughs> that's our story. We sought out to build a bowling center, ended up, it's a little costly to build a, a bowling center from scratch yeah, when you've never really been in the industry. We bought a little 12 lane center in a touristy town, Silverton, Oregon, and just started to get our education there. Yeah. And so was that something that was nearby or you had a scout went out that was local or how far did you have to move for that center? Not too bad. It was about 30 minutes away from home. Oh, not bad at all. Wasn't bad. Yeah. He was looking to retire. And so we just approached him and said, hey, what do you think? And so it went pretty well. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And how long ago was that? How long you guys had the center? April 2006. So oh, wow. 17 years. <laughs> Can't believe wow. it. It's just like a blink <laughs> of an eye. And now we're right. here and yeah. learning new things all the time. It's crazy industry. I'm sure, yeah, if you would ask yourself 17 years ago, if you know, you'd be heading the Oregon Bowling Association and your son has a bowling business too, I'm sure that would not have been in the cards. Uh, no, I don't think we could see ourselves. There. Mm -hmm. It's been a great family business. Each one of our yeah. kids, it was our first job. And it's just crazy how it takes us in all these different directions. And they've learned business mm -hmm. management, customer service, the technical aspects of bowling. There's mm -hmm. just everything there for you. Yeah. And how long did it take you? Because you're coming in pretty green. Some of these people grow up in the industry. How long did it take you guys to really get a good feel once you took over, like for the center? 
17 years. No, <laughs> no, it, it feels like 17 years because mm -hmm. it's just, you're just learning something new all the time, mm -hmm. whether it's restaurant or bowling or tournaments, leagues, different marketing ideas. The wonderful thing about being executive director for bowling centers in Oregon is I get to go out and I see them. I try to get to each right. center once a year. It's a little hard, but it's just fascinating to see what other people are doing out there and how successful they are. And then looking at my own business, wondering, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? And there's just right. so many intelligent, smart people in the industry and mm -hmm. so willing to share their information. It's really why I think bowling is such a unique industry. It's we're just, we're not in competition with each other. We right. want to help each other succeed. And so sharing ideas is something that other industries just don't have. Yeah, because for the most part, most centers are self-sustaining. They got enough customers close by, so you're not directly competing. So it is, I don't think this podcast would exist if it weren't for that fact that they're so open and willing to share with others. Just whatever worked for me, hopefully this helps you. It's amazing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love watching your podcast. You've got some really fascinating people on there with great mm -hmm. perspectives of the industry. Yeah, we've been lucky to connect with some greats some people with tons of experience and there's some really knowledgeable people out there. Absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your center. I guess you've had some, was it an addition that you did? You got your, your deck, your deck competition. You have some outdoor seating, correct? We do. I'll call out Mark Matichek down in North Bend Lanes. Him and I have had an co ongoing competition as far as the, our outside patio area. And I think we've just pushed each other along. I'll do an addition. I have a 25-foot creek outside of our back patio, so he really can't beat that. And I'm sure he'll be watching this. <laughs> but he has a whole city block that he has finally just massively developed, has a great food and beverage business, does redneck wine tasting, and I'm sure you'll interview him and he'll tell you all about that but it was neat because you meet those people in the industry where you just kind of you push each other a little bit and it's fun it's all out of fun absolutely so is that something you had a, a deck before and you made it bigger or how is that did you add that on or what was the story of that so we did have the existing deck and then we covered a portion of it and then we went with the clear roofing and so covered the entire amount, started doing more corporate parties. We can seat about 50 to 60 out there on the upper deck. And then with COVID hitting, we decided to expand the paver stones, the entire length of the building. And so now we can seat about 100, 150 out there, wow. right yeah. along the creek. It's just gorgeous out there, but it is Oregon. So we get all kinds of weather out here. Might be sunny <laughs> yeah. in the morning and rainy that night, but otherwise it's a pretty great area. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up, especially like right now is because this is when it gets a little tougher for a lot of bowling centers. People want to be outside and enjoy the nice weather. How has that affected you guys with seasonality to have that outdoor seating component? I think it's hitting us with the restaurant and beverage industry or department. We've got a great chef on board. We're coming up with new ideas all the time. And so we're really pushing the outdoor area, outdoor seating, and trying to tie in the kids bowl free. School isn't out yet here in Oregon. Yeah. Mid-June, I think with the weather, it's pushed it out a little bit. So mm -hmm. I think we'll see a lot more traffic during the days, a lot more parents on the back enjoying the sunshine and the river while the kids are bowling. So I think it'll be yeah. a fun year. Yeah, I'm sure that helps a lot because some centers I talk to, it's as much as an 80% drop if they don't have an outdoor component and all they have is bowling. It's it's not as top of mind in the summer as you guys are fortunate to have that that helps even things out. 
And food and beverage is such a big part of our business now. You know, 10 years ago, it wasn't. Now Mm. you've got to catch up. No more snack bars to speak of. It's everyone's heading in that restaurant direction. (laughs) Yeah. And is that something that you guys have done over time? Or is there, you just decided to revamp it and say, hey, we need to do this right? Or tell me about that evolution. I think we stepped that direction right away, putting in 12 to 14 hours a day. We didn't want snack bar food. We needed something a little more substantial, good salad, good flatbread, street tacos, hummus platters, just healthy food uh, Mm. to keep the staff going, good attitudes. And so food has always been a big portion of our life. (laughs) We're foodies at heart. We like to go out and try new things that we've never tried before. So the food and beverage has really been close to my heart just because that's how we socialize. It's, it's right. always around the dinner table. Yeah, it really goes hand in hand. And I think today more than ever, people expect that. And it's not like you have to have a, a steakhouse dinner or anything. You have your staples like pizza and like you said, hummus or some nice appetizers. I think people really expect that now, especially if they're going to come out as like a family, be able to eat. Right. Otherwise, they have to have a, another stop along the way. Exactly. We want to keep them here as long as possible. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the things that are working for you guys today. Tell me a little bit, maybe something you could share with proprietors that they can put in their center that's working well for you, whether it's more about the food and beverage or maybe even the lighting product that your son has, or tell me about some of the stuff that you're seeing really well. (laughs) product. (laughs) Clutch Bowling has worked really well for us. It's interactive bowling. So we do have 18 projectors above our lanes, lights up the lanes. When you throw a bowling ball, a flame will chase the ball or a unicorn or a rainbow. So it's really skyrocketed our cosmic bowling. So we call it cosmic bowling on steroids. It's been fun. We've been able to put company logos right on our lanes. So when Pepsi comes in, they say their logos across the house. It's a wow factor. So it's been a lot of fun. Promotions have been a lot of fun. You can do great videos. We have a birthday cake. You throw the bowling ball and the candles light up on the birthday cake for the birthday oh, person. Cool. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been unique. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, my my oldest son, Andrew, is the software developer on it. So it's been a lot of fun just seeing him, gosh, just grow with his business and see him successful. And mm-hmm. it's what you want to see your kids succeed in life. And then our youngest is also doing clutch installs. So he's flying all over the place and he's our main mechanic at the center (laughs) doing 3d part. It's crazy where this industry has taken it. Yeah. Excited to see the next gen come into their own. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we even have clients who have clutch bowling and they, they love it. They adds, it's almost, it's not a different product line, but it really adds to the experience of the bowling. It does. Now, is that something where you charge additional for those lanes or just across the board? Or how do you work that into the business side? We actually just include it with our cosmic bowling. Since Mm -hmm. we were the starter center, we just, the product development, we charge a little bit more for our cosmic than what we normally would if we didn't have the clutch. It's just included. We, We talked about having it as a choice or not a choice, but now they can scan a QR code and they can choose whatever image they want on the lane, or they can just mm. light up their lane to where they can see the arrows and practice that way. So there's yeah. so many options to it. Yeah. It seems really programmable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But I wasn't sure if it's something like where hyper bowling, where you have an increased cost for that type of bowling. We charge about $10 more than we what we would normally if it was just regular cosmic. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what they are, but I'm sure that it really increased the payoff period to to be able to justify for that. 
it, it does. And we're constantly doing more, whether it's just keeping up the center's appearance. We have custom leather seating down in the bowlers area. Mm, so wow. fiberglass would probably have been a lot less expensive to keep up <laughs> than what leather does over the years. But we try to keep everything well-maintained and make it a destination. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more maybe about that destination or some of the other things you're seeing work for, for your, what do you see that is really taking off or maybe surprising you? Oh boy. I would say our truly bowling leagues, just as an example, I've never really done a lot of those in the past. It was so easy to fill. You go just going down and talking to bowlers and you know what, you would really enjoy this league. It's no pressure. We have a lot of fun, truly samples every week. We have giveaways every week. And I think it's a social activity. They're looking for something really not that competitive. They just want to be there. They want to have fun, have some good food, good drinks. And so I see a lot of the industry going a little less competitive and more fun. Yeah. And I'm a competitive bowler and I'm also a social bowler. There's days I just want to have fun with the grandkids. And so it's interesting. We just want them in the center. We just want them having fun. And the clutch interactive bowling gives us that. They don't really even care about their score. They care about what the lane is doing. They want to blow up ships on the lane. (laughs) They want to make the candles light up. And they're not even really looking at the pins sometimes. Of course, the longer the ball stays on the lane, the more effect you have on the lane. And so it encourages them to kind of stay on the lane versus gutter balls. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and you said you have the arrows kind of help instruct them. It's exactly. almost like a, a totally different experience. So now yeah. you have the Truly League. Do you have any other social leagues? Because that is something I've heard a lot about lately is some of these maybe shorter, more focused experience and camaraderie rather than just purely competitive bowling. Do you guys have any more of those? We do, especially with summer coming on. We have a state tournament out here called the Super Bowl League that started, Mm -hmm. gosh, I can't even tell you how many years ago, 20, 30 years ago, where all of the bowling centers, anyone that's interested, we have about, I think, 17 centers. I'm not sure. Basically, you bowl all season or 15 weeks. Some do nine weeks, some do 18 weeks. And then at the end of the season, they go to bowl a tournament, either a consolation house or the finals house. So with our 12 okay. lanes, six, six teams will go to the finals, six teams will go to the consolation, and then mm. they battle for the real money. It's been about 25000 in the last wow. couple of years. Yeah. So it's good money. It's fun. It gives everybody that tournament experience at the end, but they're still bowling with their friends that they've bowled yeah. with all summer season. We do an adult junior league, which brings a lot of parents out, a lot of grandparents out with the kids. We try to keep that as fun and light as possible. So I do see the shorter season leagues like you're seeing is taking off a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. We it's because it could be tough to get someone to do like a 30, 35 week commitment. That's a long time, but most people would think maybe eight to 15 weeks is yeah, sure. Why not? And then if they like it, you just do a back to back. So two 15s is really 30. Yes, exactly. The eight week rolls into the 16 week rolls into the, yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah. So those you know, seem to be doing really well. And the other thing is that it's appealing to a little bit broader market because not everyone's good at bowling and it's tough to join. It's a little daunting to join a competitive league if you're not great. So right. those social leagues are a great gateway into maybe some of the more sanctioned league or something like that. Exactly. What are you seeing? You've, you're a proprietor in a center. What do you see that's taken off? Yeah. So we have one called Average Joe's where it's a, it actually is a little bit longer, but it's very non-competitive. It's more about okay. the eating and the drinking, which is great for business because oh, it's nice. their average ticket typically. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, that's their night out with their friends. It's 
the bowling is like an activity while you're there, but really the focus is to have fun and have some drinks and stuff on a Wednesday with some friends. And right. That's become the biggest league in the center. Oh, wow. Waiting list that's is, awesome. Is out. Now we're seeing a trend out here with non-alcoholic drinks and I've heard not to call mm. them mocktails because that's... Oh, really? Yeah, uh, spirit-free, I think, is one of the terms they're used, but we're seeing a bigger trend with people want to be social. They want to get out there and go out with their friends drinking, but not mm-hmm. necessarily have the alcohol. We're experimenting more and more with that, and that's been a lot of fun. We have a test group, I say, once a week oh. they come in, and we give them a sample of the alcoholic one and the non-alcoholic one, mm-hmm. and then it's a quiz. So last week was gin, this week when was the tequila one, and this week stomped them. They could not really? tell which which was which. And so that wow. was a lot of fun because mm-hmm. you want the flavor, you want the social aspect of it, but you don't always want the alcohol. And people drink or not drink for several different reasons, and they just want to fit in. And they right. don't want to be called out necessarily either for not having an alcoholic drink or non-alcoholic. Yeah. So yeah, that's there's always been... kind of tension. If you're there with everyone drinking and you're not, there's tends to be a tension. So you can help them save face. Exactly. I was at a business dinner not too long ago and I sat next to this lady and she ordered something off the menu and I can't remember what it was called. It had a cool name, of course. And then she goes, that way people won't ask questions. And I'm like, oh, how long have you been sober? And she goes, seven years. And she's a sponsor. And she goes, I just don't like the pressure or having to explain myself. And so by having different names for cocktails Mm -hmm. where the group doesn't know, and it was a gorgeous drink when it arrived. Uh, and I just thought that was that hit home. That was really cool. It's like she she was saying that she wants to fit in. She wants to be a part of the group and she doesn't want to explain herself. And right. I find myself even test marketing. I'll go out and order something. And it's amazing how good some of these these drinks right. are. And <laughs> yeah. you just don't have the effects. Sometimes it's a mm-hmm. business meeting. Sometimes you want a glass of wine, but at right. least there's choices there. Yeah. yeah. You're accommodating an ever-growing market of people who aren't drinking is actually, I'm sure you see it as a, a lot of people, especially younger people who are drinking less or not drinking at all. I, I see that growing among, especially like people my age, just not right. wanting to do it as much. The APV, a- ABV is actually much lower with a lot of the new cocktails coming out and the new, mm-hmm. new beers. Yeah. So it's been an I interesting turn in the market. Yeah. I don't know how much that helps with alcohol sales, but at least you got people coming out for fun and they know that they can get a good, would you say spirit free drink at your center? And you're not losing that part of the market. Mm -hmm. You've got everybody ordering beverages. So where that person might not have ordered anything or done the glass of water or soda. So there is an upcharge there as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm sure the margins on some of these ingredients are pretty good as well. Exactly. Like Pepsi, for instance, is good margin. It Mm. is. And BPA has a great Pepsi program. Thanks to Amy Curry. Had to plug mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, the best. <laughs> I still don't understand why any center, because I, I talk to them every now and then who aren't members, and I don't quite understand it at this point. There's a why case they for itself. Well, they wouldn't. Like, why? I don't understand why any center wouldn't want to join. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. I, I think it's a great program. I think we talked on our last phone call, we talked a little bit about coming into the industry from the dental field. Yeah, I bowled league, but I was never secretary of a league, never worked in a center. And all of a sudden, we have a center and, and it's go time. We went to our first meeting for Oregon Bowling Proprietors and everyone was amazing. 
Uh, they basically said, if you need help with food costs or league ideas or anything, just give us a call. And I, it blew my mind. Couldn't believe that people are so willing to help. And I attribute all of our success and being in business 17 years later to BPAA because they have the education, they have the programs, and most of all, the people. They keep you going. It's just a really good group of people. Yeah. Yeah, just super welcoming, I'd say. That's one thing that really stuck out to me is as long as you're there to help bowling, they couldn't be happier to help you as well. Exactly. Um, it's like that phone a friend, you know, when you get on those yeah, game shows and you're right. like, what's the answer? What's the answer? Yeah. <laughs> so phone a friend. <laughs> Except you're not limited to one. It's unlimited. You it know, is unlimited. Unlimited phone of friends. <laughs> exactly. And when you learn something, you want to share it. You figure right. something out. You got to mm -hmm. share it. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole idea behind this podcast we put together is we have that great resource. We have expo people coming together, but this is just one more way to try to get some of these things out there in a different format, just on short little quick videos. Right. Yeah. So tell me, I was curious a little bit about maybe on the state level, because that's something that I've been having a little bit more experience with some of the state chapters of the BPAA. Tell me what it's like working on that segment maybe versus the national or some of the, the benefits of joining one of those, because that's a whole separate thing too. Oh, tons of benefits. So we do two set meetings a year for our association, midwinter and our annual meeting. And then we throw in a boot camp usually or some other educational portion of that. The fun thing is whatever I'm struggling with my center, I know mm -hmm. others have got to be struggling with that too. Yeah. And it helps me being a proprietor and a director to gear what our meetings are all about. And you get those speakers that can speak on the food and beverage or that can speak on marketing, social media. Hiring talent right now is huge. We, we've gone over those population numbers. There is less people out there to hire. Mm -hmm. People are having less children these days. And so market's a little tighter. So having those resources, BP did a great commercial, 15 second, 30 second, 45 second commercial that's free to members. We put that out for the state and we covered all of our centers, all of our area. Didn't even tell the proprietors it was coming. So it was really fun when I got the phone calls. Did we do that? Because it's got the OSBPA logo at right. the very end. And it was just cool. Yes, this is a member benefit. We're looking ahead for you, whatever we can do to help. Yeah, they're really good about that, promoting just like Strike 10, really promoting it as a whole from a national level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We've got all those avenues that if we weren't in this industry, do other industries have this? I don't, I really don't think so because during COVID, they were like number one on getting that website developed. They were mm -hmm. first to get everyone their information on the PPPs. It just, it doesn't seem like other industries have this cool tool that we have. Yeah, they're a lot more loosely held. So a lot of other industries will have multiple ones just because I'm in a, we have an agency and I'm in a group of other agencies who also have niches, kind of like I do bowling centers. They'll do like roofers or plumbers and they tend to have multiple associations that are less like strongly joined. So whereas we have one singular one that everybody's a part of, they're very influential. They help everyone. It tends to be spread out. So there really is no one like quite like the BPAA. I agree. I want to ask you about one other thing about the current, what you're going through that you mentioned is that staffing piece. Um, is that something you guys have felt the, the pressure on, or is that something you've figured out or you, what would you say about that? Boy, big question. I think everyone in the States feeling a little bit of that pressure. Mm -hmm. We're hiring younger than we used to. 
training has taken a little bit more than what it used to. There's a great program, the on-demand training through the Bowling University. They've got a great program right out now that pays you back or actually incentivizes your staff for taking those classes. My staff was right on it. And it was really cool handing out cash at our staff meeting for each class they took that they should have been taking anyway. We should have been pushing that anyway. And then they're like, how many more can we? Well, there's over 50 (laughs) of them. Keep going. Yeah. So that's been a lot of fun, but it is interesting. The training's taken a little bit longer than what it used to. Yeah. And resources are a little bit tighter, but there's some great people out there. We're fortunate Mm -hmm. to have the staff that we do that they care about the center as much as we do. And what do you think that is just a cultural thing when you bring people in or how do you cultivate, you know, how do you keep the turnover low or what are some of the things that you guys do in your center? I think they need to enjoy the sport. Um, One of my questions on the application is, have you been in before? And are you a bowler? Do you enjoy bowling? Mm -hmm. I want somebody back there that's jazzed about our industry. Yeah. And it kind of gears me towards those personalities that want to see more people come in, want to push the sport. And so it does come down to a lot of your interview questions and what you're looking for. And sometimes you just got to spread the net out there and see what comes back in and you hire that personality that you need. It's not always about the skill or what they come in with, because you can always train that. But personality, great attitude. I look forward to coming into work. Our team is fun, energetic, and we're just ready to start the day. Yeah, I think that's super crucial. That's a really good tip about the uh, the question of do you enjoy bowling? Because someone who enjoys it is it probably feels a lot less like work for them. Well, if you're not a fan, it's going to be a grind. But if you enjoy the atmosphere and the sport of the game, it's going to be a much better time for you. And that rubs off on your customers. I like that idea a lot. Exactly. And you find out what their interest is. Is their interest in the bar? Is it in the kitchen? We had one of our bowlers, one of our youth bowlers, he came with the center when we bought it and went up through our youth program, went away for college and had a scholarship for bowling, came back and started working for us. He just has always loved the bowling industry and really likes the ball drilling, the pro shop portion Mm, of it. And so mm -hmm. last year we sent him to the ball drilling school. Oh, cool. And so now he's a master ball driller and he, and he owns it. He loves that area of the bowling world. He's good Mm -hmm. at it. He's a good bowler himself, but I think a lot of it is finding out what do, what does your team really like to do? And then you capitalize on that, Mm -hmm. put put them in those areas where they're going to expand and want to learn more. Yeah. So more with their nature rather than forcing people to just do whatever, you know, is there. And now is that something you discover through the interview process or what's that discovery process look like? Part of it's through the interview process. A lot of it is just once you get them on board, having those weekly check-in meetings, how's it going? What are you enjoying most about this position? What do you want to learn more about? And that's something we ask at our staff meetings every month. What's the menu item that you would most recommend? What's the menu item you would not recommend? And it kind of helps you a lot just gear towards your ears to the ground. Mm -hmm. What are they hearing? And I don't know, we just go with it. A lot of information there and you find out what jazzes them because they'll expand on those types of topics. Yeah, no, those are some really good insights just asking them because like you said, they are your boots on the ground. They know those things. And I don't, I think I'm sure that some do, but I don't know if everybody takes the time to, to ask the employees that to really learn about them and what they like to then apply it. Do you guys record that anywhere? Or it's just like a, 
an ongoing conversation that you just remember? Do you have somewhere you store that information? We, we have our staff meeting notes, and then we mm. try to check in with them after the staff meeting. How is this going? And so, yeah, I guess we would record it in that mannerism, just on paper. Mm. And then how often are your staff meetings? We shoot for once a month. Sometimes it can be a little tough trying to get everybody there on the same day, same time. But for the most part, at least checking in once a month and seeing how everything's going, even if it's mm -hmm. only an hour. Right. But we'll usually or order in pizza or we'll bribe them with food. It yeah. usually works. <laughs> little incentive. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I think it's critical to get the team together on a good frequency just to find those problems. And like you said, figure out what really drives them. And because it is a team. And if each player has their role and you can't really figure that out unless they're all together. Exactly. Cool. Okay. The only other thing I wanted to ask you, because I know we are coming up on the top of the hour is where you see things going in the bowling industry, maybe for the next 12 to 18 months, any trends that you see progressing or any shots you want to call? What's your take on the next 12 to 18 months? Oh boy. Loaded question. We are headed into summer and it is Oregon. So when the sun comes out, people get a little more sparse. So I think it's going to have a little bit of a slowdown, but I still think bowling is going strong. Our summer leagues are still going as strong as they, they have the last couple of years. I think it's going to continue to go up. We're a social sport. And right now people are really just looking for social things to do. Mm -hmm. I had a gal that, that came in last night. She was bowling league on the night next to me and she'd throw the ball and turn around and walk back. And she's, I don't like bowling. I'm like, you don't really have to like bowling, but are you just having fun with the friends? She goes, I'm here for my friends. <laughs> and that's what it is. And so mm -hmm. basically she was there for the food and beverage and bowling was just a side portion of it. And so I, it was like, okay, as long as we're having fun, as long as you're coming back every week, let me know if there's anything else we can do. And we pointed out a few different things as just a little coaching here and there, just subtle. They don't want it. They won't, don't want it. But she was there just for the social aspect. And I think we're yeah. going to see a lot more of that in the next couple of years. Like I said earlier on the podcast, I don't know if it's going strong competitively as much as it is socially. And over the last 10 years, we've seen that where our numbers is maybe a little less league, more open play. So I think we'll continue to go that route. Yeah. I mean, it's great for you guys because there's a lot of people who are want to be social. The number of people who want to be social versus bowl competitively is a, a much greater number. And uh, I think that it's nice because a center like yours, where you have a good food and beverage component, really puts you on par, a restaurant or a local bar. But then your differentiator is the bowling activity. So you could go to a bar that just has only that, or you could go to a place where you can have some fun activities on, on there with it. Exactly. The more you can expand, the more games you can incorporate between arcade, outside areas. We've got um, Oregon Lottery in our place. You just got to spread it out and see what comes in. Absolutely. Great. That's all I had for today. Where can people find you if they want to reach out or learn more maybe about the BPA or the Oregon or get in contact with you, where would you send them to? We've got our website, osbpa.com. Mm -hmm. For Silver Creek, we've got silvercreeklanes.com. And otherwise, just reach out through that. I can give you a call back and happy to share whatever information I have. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today, Tanya. This was fun. I always love your energy and look forward to connecting again soon. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Absolutely.